Hey, greetings. Uh, this is Tim Patterson, trade show guy of Trade Show Guy Exhibits out of Salem, Oregon. It is August 7th, 2017, and you can find me online at tradeshowguyblog.com, unless, of course, you're already there, or on Facebook at Trade Show Guy Blog. Uh, you can also find us at Trade Show Guy Exhibits. That's our company site. You can get a free copy of my book, tradeshowsuccessbook.com. And, of course, uh, you can get your Trade Show Exhibit Buyer's Kit, if you're looking for a new exhibit, uh, help you go through that process at uh, TradeShowGuyExhibitBuyersKit.com. Lots of social media outlets, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest. Find the links on my blog. I don't know how I keep up with it. And frankly, I probably don't keep up with it. But you know what? I do better than some. So what can I say? <laughs> Worse than others. Uh, I'm also the author of the book uh, I mentioned, Trade Show Success, 14 Proven Steps to Take Your Trade Show Marketing to the next level, as I just mentioned, you can grab a free digital copy at uh, tradeshowsuccessbook.com. You can also find it for about uh, 20 bucks or less at uh, amazon.com. So today on the show, that would be fun to talk about uh, what it takes to create a process for you on your most important projects, especially projects that you end up repeating time after time process is very important. Um, so for example, I do a lot of trade show exhibit creation projects and it's, and it's pretty straightforward, the elements that have to take place from the start to the finish to where you're shipping it off the uh, showroom or shipping it to the showroom. So it gets set up. Of course, there's a process for setting it up. There's a process, you know, everything has a process to it, right? So uh, I look at what it tar- stake, takes to start the process and the various steps uh, that are necessary until the exhibit is done and shipped to the show. I could go back even further, though, if you want to look at the whole process to like the sales process. Uh, what does it take to make a connection, uh, assess the opportunity, find out if the potential client views the process, uh, how, how they view it internally, and so on and so forth until you actually successfully complete a sale, which leads you to the next process of creating the project. So uh, because once the sale is completed, that's when you begin the next process. It could be all one part of a process, but it's a big process. So a lot of tools you can use for doing this. Uh, used to be that I had it all up here in my head. Doesn't always work that way uh, because you get halfway through and you go, oh, I forgot to do that. So you start to write things down over time, you know, and you realize I need to be, do this a little bit better. I need to make a fully understandable, easy to replicate process. A lot of tools you can use. For instance, mind map uh, programs let you create a visual representation of the process which includes all the steps, all the sub-steps that go into that. Uh, mind mapping is a great way to visualize everything in as much detail as you are able to do so. Uh, you can also use programs such as Lucidworks, which I've discovered online. Also, uh, Microsoft has a Visio uh, program, which can create flowcharts and mind maps and things like that. Uh, they're, they're easy to understand. They're visually appealing. Most people learn and process information visually. We see it. We understand it. I mean, that's when I, how, how I learned how to uh, run a computer, frankly, when I first got one over 25 years ago. It's been a long time. I had a friend that knew it pretty well, and this was back in the days of DOS. And so I would look over his shoulder and learn the commands you had to type to get something to work. And so it was visually, and then she learned the process to do that. Uh, one of the great introductions I got into the process uh, of exhibit making and all of that stuff, estimating, uh, came from my first job in this industry, which was uh, about 16 years ago or so, 15, 16 years ago, with um, interpretive exhibits here in Salem. The owner, Ed Austin, uh, would let me look over his shoulder as he 
as I mentioned, uh, looking over shoulders is a great thing, as he built estimates for projects. Now, he would visualize every single step and assign it a time value so that he could determine as accurately as possible the total time it would take to start and then complete a job. For example, if the job started with a delivery of various materials, he'd calculate the time it would take and how many employees it would take to have the truck back up to the dock. They'd unload the material, confirm that it's all there, document it, and then store it. A lot of steps in there. It doesn't just come in and offload and make itself uh, there in five minutes. No, it actually takes a lot longer than if once you figure out the steps. And this is, of course, based on experience of having done this a number of times. So you do this over each and every step. You build a pretty good estimate of the time it takes to complete a project. And it gives you a process or a, a flowchart of the project. Of course, the more complex the project, you imagine building a 747 or a, a space shuttle, uh, the more detail and variability uh, you want to have built into the process description, but uh, the steps still have to be precise. And, of course, the more people involved, the more those steps have to be understood by all of the people that are doing it. Um, there might be often another stakeholder, and uh, we would do this uh, frequently at interpretive exhibits. We'd have large projects that involved uh, months and months, sometimes a couple of years of time, if it would go on and on, because you had various stakeholders. You had a nonprofit entity. You had a government entity. You had an entity that was paying for it, maybe, uh, someone that was granting the money. Everybody had to sign on or, or, or be a part of the process that it took to make it all happen. So they all had to have uh, a say in each and every step. So ideally, a process map or flowchart would give people that are not familiar with the process an easy-to-understand map to follow. They may not know the intricacies of the step, but they can uh, see how it works. So I thought it'd be fun to go on to LucidWorks. They have a kind of a, a description of what goes into it, and let me share that with you, some of the specific steps they follow. Number one, identify the problem or the challenge. What is the process that needs to be visualized? And what you do is you put that at the top. Number two, brainstorm all the activities that will be involved. At this point, uh, sequencing the steps is not all that important, but it may help you to remember the steps needed for your process. So what are all those steps? Decide what level of detail to include. Determine who does what and when it is done. Uh, step three, figure out the boundaries. Where and when does the process start and where and when does it stop? Uh, number four, determine and sequence the steps. So they say it's helpful to have a verb to begin the description. You can either show the general flow or every detailed action or decision. Uh, step five, draw basic flowchart symbols. So each element in a process map is represented by a specific flowchart symbol, which together represent a processing, a process mapping symbols. Like an oval shows the beginning or ending of a process. Rectangles show an operation or activity that needs to be done. I like the way they break broken this down. Uh, arrows represent the direction of flow. Diamonds show a point where a decision must be made. You go to the left or to the right or straight ahead. Uh, arrows coming out of a diamond are usually labeled yes or no. Only one arrow comes out of an activity box. If more than that is needed, you should probably use a decision diamond. Uh, parallelograms show inputs or outputs. And finally, step six, finalize the process flowchart. Uh, review the flowchart with other stakeholders, team members, workers, supervisors, suppliers and customers, etc., to make sure everyone is in agreement. Uh, make sure you've included important chart information like a title and a date, which will make it easy to reference. Uh, helpful questions to ask. Is the process being run how it should? As you're going through it, you can say, oh, that step Joe didn't do. We need to get that done. Uh, we'll give it to Jill. <laughs> She'll do it. Uh, will team members follow the charted process? 
Is everyone in agreement with the process map flow? Is anything redundant? Are more than one person doing a task that only one person needs to do? Is anything missing? Do you get to the end of the process and have everything done that you need it to be done? So that's my quick look at creating a process that is both workable and replicable. Very important. Uh, now for this week's trade show tip of the week that comes from a recent uh, blog post I did on Trade Show Guy blog. Seven signs you should invest in trade show marketing. And, and this comes from the aspect of some people look at trade show marketing and go, gosh, that's complicated. Uh, I don't know that I should do it or not. Uh, so I thought, well, let's, let's walk through this. And this is kind of a process, but let's walk through this. So seven signs uh, that maybe you should invest in trade show marketing. Number one, when your business has nearly maxed out its current marketing reach, uh, one of the best and most cost-effective ways to reach new markets is through trade show marketing. You have access to buyers and decision makers far outside your local or regional markets if you set up an exhibit at a national trade show, for example. You know, part of that process, of course, is do you have national distribution available? Uh, step two, when you're selling enough products so that you're banking a decent amount of change, giving you the option to spread your wings a little more in the marketing arena, that would be one step or one chance you say, you know what, maybe I can afford this. Maybe I can do this now. Uh, number three, uh, when your product or service creates a buzz all on its own, putting it on display at the right show can open even more doors. Uh, number four, when you have a partner that's already exhibiting and is willing to bring you along for the ride, let's say they have a larger island booth, but for a fraction of the price of exhibiting in that big of a space, they can bring you on as a partner uh, for a complimentary product or service. Uh, step five, your sales have plateaued and you're looking for a new source of prospects and making the jump into trade show marketing is often a good way to kickstart new sales and lead generation. Uh, step six, you're ready for a laser-focused marketing event. Putting all your skills and talents on display at a trade show means you're ready to show off to a ton of potential customers. Uh, you'll benefit in new leads and increased brand awareness. Uh, step seven, you're ready to move from a small and local company to a regional or national company. You've, you're growing at that extent. If your product is ready for prime time with production and distribution, uh, putting those wares on display at a trade show can open doors to new retailers and distributors that can help you achieve those higher goals. So that's uh, my trade show tip of the day. The signs you might want to consider investing in trade show marketing if you haven't done so uh, yet. So wrap it up with one good thing. I'd like to finish the show with one good thing. I just wrapped up uh, with my wife watching the Amazon series, The Last Tycoon, based on the F. Scott Fitzgerald novel. I found it to be really great entertainment about the early days of Hollywood. Uh, Fitzgerald died in 1940. He was 44 years old. The Last Tycoon was an unfinished novel that was wrapped up in, uh, by a friend of his, an associate, and published posthumously in 1941. I believe there have been a number of adaptations to the screen of the book. Uh, this new one is uh, like 10 parts, I think. Uh, Amazon, Kelsey Grammer stars along with a cast of mostly unknowns, although Jennifer Beals uh, of Flashdance fame shows up for a few episodes. Good to see her. And I found that Phil Collins' daughter, Lily Collins, also has a major role. Yes, she's an actress. So there you go. Have yourself a great week. Uh, trade show guy, Tim Patterson, over and out. <laughs>